On this episode of Mistake by the Take, Dylan returns from his Vegas trip and the boys discuss how it went while also talking about the NBA draft and giving a little recap on it with a heavy focus on the Cavaliers pick, Imani Bates. They also do an off-season outlook for the Cavaliers with a special parlay at the end of the episode on this episode of Mistake by the Take. One, two, I'm back. Oh, baby. Episode 15. You know, I'm a little rusty now. Of Mistake by the Take. I'm Dylan Feldovich, alongside my best friend and co-host, Jake Volnick. Hey. And, that you was know, an upgrade. That it was, was an upgrade. upgrade. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was like, yeah, I'll give him some credit there. Um, Before we get into, you know, my past week and everything that transpired... First and foremost, as always, Jake, how you doing, man? Dude, I'm wheeling and dealing. I feel great today. That's a, I, good, that's a good sign. I slept in just long enough to get here on time. Pretty much walked in right at the time we said we were going to meet. And, uh, now I'm feeling good. Got some food in me, which is always my biggest concern because, one, I'm fat. And, two, I uh, you know sometimes come in without eating. And then halfway through, my stomach's rumbling and noises are coming out of me. You know, that shouldn't come out of me like these little gurgles out of my throat, and I'm just sitting here thinking about how hungry I am. But. Gurgles. I, dude, you always have, like, dude, those I mean, random, like, eat. gurgles. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's kind of funny, because then I'll just, like, look at him, and I just, like, start to lose it, and then I have to cut my mic out, usually. But, yeah, no, he, uh, it's, um, yeah. Those things come out of nowhere, too. They, they, like, dude, I they, can't feel them. Out of nowhere, and I'm just like, what is up with this kid today, man? But, like, I'm not stupid. If I was going to make a noise, I knew I was going to make a noise. I'd look away, like, pull it out of the mic. No. Like, it's not an option. Like, no, it's, it, just, it, it just it's comes not. out. Nope. It is never an option with your uh, with your gurgles there, whatever <laughs> whatever that is. But, yeah, um, we got a good one today. Uh, a lot of NBA draft talk, which I'm pretty excited about since, um, you know, it's it was... It was an interesting one to say the least, but uh, yeah, we before we get into everything, you know, just wanted to touch on the the Vegas trip a little bit because uh, yeah, obviously, you know, there was drinking involved. Let's let's be wrong. let's be honest with ourselves. You know, I just turned twenty one. Right, twenty first birthday. Exactly. If you're not drinking, there's a problem. There, there is a massive problem. massive problem. So, anyways, yeah. Um, but the, the the main points I want to touch about, not really the drinking performance, but more of. The betting performance well, by well, let's us. Let's talk about the drinking performance. How did we uh, we held up well? Um, we held up is a can be determined in many different ways. Um, how did you feel every morning after? Oh, like shit. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, no, no like that's a guarantee, especially with like the time difference too. That just like the little jet lag. Yeah, I t- well, I turned to Jake today. I was just like those every day there was just a haze. It was insane because like you're walking around. Like I'll I'll set the mood because you you've never been there, have you? Uh, no, I've never been to Vegas. So the last time I went when I was I was when I was six years old when I went the first time. So like not a whole lot for a six year old. Exactly. Do in Vegas. It was it was a um, family trip for Thanksgiving. That's what it was. So it wasn't like you know my parents are just like degenerates or anything and, like yeah, that. Yet. <laughs> no, nothing like that. But um, no, it's like I was walking around and it's 10 p.m. there, and I mean technically it's 1 a.m here then to, to kind of get you in the right mindset but um i'm walking around can of beer 
just like walking into like these casinos because I mean there's it I mean fuck it feels like there's one every like quarter mile not even like probably even a tenth of a mile and you you're you could just walk in and just play anything it was like not real life I swear to God is it always like lit up down there too like, oh you yeah can never tell it's nighttime yeah no I mean it's this strip like I was literally we stayed on the strip the whole weekend did yeah, not where go else you gotta go yeah, nowhere else. They got everything. They got literally everything. It was it, just, it was a blur. It was all a blur. I mean, I had a good time, obviously, you know, with my family and stuff. And my uncle and my aunt came along as well. And they're both like a second mother and father to me. So it was it was a good time in that sense. But yeah, I mean, the, the betting part was the best part. It had to have been, right? I mean, I was... At dinner the one night, it was on my birthday technically, and I frantically texted Jake because I saw the sports book for the first time, and I've seen pictures and stuff like that, and I'm like, dude, these are pretty, pretty cool, and then like I saw it in person, I'm like, wow, all the TVs, the lounge chairs, and then they got like a bar in it. I texted Jake immediately. I'm like, quick. Two teams right now. Give me them, and he's like freaking out because it's like, oh, you know, I don't want to, um, I, you, I don't want to give you like a bad pick and all my, that. My stuff. thing is, I, I don't care about giving people bad picks. My problem is when I give somebody a pick and then they get mad that it ended up being a bad pick. Listen, like, and that was, and I wasn't saying you were going to do that. I just always lay down my preface before somebody asks bets. Listen, if it doesn't hit, I don't want you crawling back and being like, dude, you know what the fuck? Why is why didn't it hit? Because it's gambling, Vegas right. knows all. I can't be right every time. No, and, and it's but I'm just literally like, dude, like I just need quick two. two. Because the thing is, like, I don't know baseball. Like, obviously, I know baseball itself, but the MLB, like, I don't know how the lines work too much. I'm usually really good at betting on football. I even, never mind. I can't. There, yeah. Another story for another time. But um, usually, I'm an NFL guy kind of thing and I understand the numbers and stuff like that but like with baseball I mean usually you don't even bet like spreads oh yeah I mean, spreads always point? minus yeah. one and a half so it's just like there's no point in that but you say that I uh, I hit guards minus one and a half yesterday and it hit so well I mean in that case it usually helps if you're like really help like if you know that a team's gonna really pan out but anyways I texted him and I'm like listen I need two teams like stat and I go up there and he rattles off Tigers they were and playing Diamond the Royals Bags. and Diamondbacks were playing the Brewers. And I was just like, okay, like it totally makes sense. I see where his logic is. We'll go with that. And it was, the, I couldn't, well, the thing is when I walked up though, it was about, I'd say 6 p.m. there. So it, the, none of the lines were technically up for tomorrow on the, in like the sports book there itself. There were they were up on like different apps and stuff. Yeah. But like it wasn't technically up on those. You have to wait till the end of the all of the games are over with in the for the day that day and then you could bet on it. So then we bet on that later. And it was actually kind of funny because they carded me and the dude just looks at it and it was on my birthday when I was placing the bet. And all he does is just he, because I, they technically can't like, you know, interact too much with you. I know, it, like, especially at tables, they can't say shit to you usually. Yeah, or else they think you're giving a favorable hand, something right. like that. So the, the dude, like, you're not supposed to talk too much to him. So the dude just go, comes up, looks at my ID. I mean, they were all looking at my ID, like, intently. And he just goes and gives me a fist bump. And I'm like, hell yeah, baby. And... And then he says, like, start, um, no, what, did he, oh, what was it? 
Oh, his exact line was, hopefully you get this bet so then you could be done and remain undefeated, go 1-0. And I'm like, you kidding me? This is only the start, my man. And we both just started losing it. But yeah, so basically, Tigers and Diamondbacks money line was the first one. I was sweating so much about the Tigers. Yeah, dude, it was an absolute sweat of a game. I mean, I was... I. We were in Caesar's Palace, that hotel, and I just went to the NFL shop on it was the on the nineteenth then. And I was looking at I actually got a Dan Marino jersey. I texted you about that dinner. Absolute W jersey right awesome there. Awesome jersey. I was thinking about trying to get a T. Higgins one for the Bengals, but the thing is like he could be traded potentially, so I'm like, I'm not gonna risk it. So I just came back and I look at the score and it's four one. And I'm like, shit, dude, like, are we seriously going to lose to the Royals? And my uncle turns to me and he's like, listen, the Royals bullpen, dog shit. Don't worry about it. We got this. It's only the fifth inning. And I'm like thinking to myself, I'm like, dude, he like no way he knows like anything about that sense. Like Guardians baseball, he, he my uncle's a very knowledgeable sports guy, like 100%. Season oh, I can t- tell. Season ticket holder for the um for the Browns for 40 years now. Dude knows pain too. The other, that's the other thing yeah, about that's it. That's for sure. But I'm like, what the fuck is he? Like, no way he knows anything about the Royals bullpen. And so then <laughs> it turns out my phone was at like 10%. And I look at it, I'm getting notifications from ESPN. They take the lead. I'm like, holy shit. Yeah, I think it was a five run seven. Yeah. And then I'm like texting you, I'm freaking out. They end up winning, I think it was 6 4. Yep. And so that pans out. And then the Diamondbacks absolutely blow yeah, out the Brewers. I think it Brewers. was like 5-6-1, something it was, like that. It, I think it was 8-1. There you go. It yeah. was a blowout. So that one hits. And then I also, since I have buddies at TCU, and I visited TCU last um, spring, I loved it there. It is an awesome college. Great people down there in Texas and the Dallas area. Loved it. So I did TCU Moneyline against, um, who was it? It was Oral Roberts at yep. the time. And that one hit as well. Did a full unit on that one. And then I actually did two units on the Diamondbacks and Tigers parlay. And so then we doubled down and we were just like, you know what, let's try another one. So then we ended up going on the 20th. We had Yankees and Braves money line. Those hit too. It was, I mean. We were wheeling and dealing. We were wheeling and dealing. It was kind of. We couldn't miss. We could not miss. And I was, I mean, I'm freaking out because. That was also a two-unit bet for me as well. So, I mean, I walked away, like, up from Vegas, mainly just from sports betting. Because the only other things that really happen in, like, the casino part, I guess, were, I mean, I played roulette the one night, and I lost 50. That was, like, it was... Yeah, roulette's a brutal game. Automatically. I Usually, I'm, like, decent at roulette. Just quick 50, gone. Um... That kicked me in the butt. Um, craps kicked me in the butt too. But I redeemed myself because I won. I think sixty dollars off the slots randomly. Yeah, I that's won like crazy. 30, 30 on one slot, which was like a Karate Kid slot. You sent me that one. Yeah, that I was, was just like, what the hell? And then I went right after that one. I went to a Wheel of Fortune slot, and then I won another thirty off of that. And so then I, I I ended up going sixty there, and then my last night I ended up going to the blackjack table in honor of my grandpa who passed away um it was a while ago but anyways i went to the table there 
and I threw down 25 and it was a $25 minimum since it was, it was like at 12 a.m. And I, I mean, dealer flops 21. I was like, great. And then luckily I forked over. My mom was just like, give it one more try. She gave me $25 since I didn't have any more in my pocket. Um, and I mean, I won two straight hands. And then I was just like, nope, I'm leaving. You're like, that's a good walked day. Yep. out and we were done. So that was only that was the only real highlights from that one. Um, but then I ended the kind of Vegas high on, um, I had a three, three-legged parlay. I had a four-one, I think. And it, no, was I, this the guards one? Yeah, it was the they guardians. Had the same one. game parlay. Um, actually, no. I technically, I hit both of them. I hit I had a three-leg and a four-leg because it, what happened was I did for the four-leg. I had a guards money line. Jose Ramirez two hits, which that one was like cash. Yeah, and then I had a Bo Naylor hit. And Gavin Williams plus four strikeouts, and that was the one that screwed you. Yeah, I, I got a little greedy. I uh, I had not exactly what you had. I had guards money line, Jose two plus total bases. Yeah, and Gavin Williams five plus strikeouts, and the dude finishes with four and misses the zone by like an inch on his very last pitch. I told you I was just like I don't know. I felt way too nervous putting down. Five. I was. I went with four. I bid it because it was. It wasn't good odds when you put it at um five. I think it was, I got like plus one hundred five. You got plus one hundred five. I didn't get too good of odds on. I. It was like I think plus, you know, one ten or something like that on, on the books when I was looking at it. But either way, yeah, I I stayed away from it. And then my three legged one was the same thing, just with no Jose Ramirez. And so both of them hit because Bo Naylor comes up with that clutch hit and I'm freaking out in the car. My parents don't know what the hell is going on <laughs> because Classic. I'm just like I'm I'm I was all pissed off about Bo Naylor. My mom like she knew I was mad about it and she was I she definitely thinks that I had money on it, which I did. But I was like I was like, man, like this Bo Naylor is pissing me off and stuff like that. And <laughs> then like he gets the hit and we were listening to it on the radio since we were going home um from the airport. And I just started freaking out. I'm like, yes, yes. And my mom just looks at me and she just kind of like gives me this look like, really? <laughs> so that's kind of how I ended it. Um, missed some bets yesterday. But yeah, I mean, overall, great, great week for us so far. I mean, we got a, we got our first little, uh, little uh, sneak peek, but we got a little parlay for you guys for to, uh, for tonight. Yeah. So, but um, other than that, nothing much going on. Red's going on that 11 game win streak as well too. Thought I'd tap that in. Yeah, you know we're uh, we're completely biased Red fans on this side of the table. So yeah, you are. I'm not afraid to mention it. Uh, I think like 700 dollars if yeah. they win the NL Central and the Guards win the AL That's Central. Fair. So. That's fair. I, I'm riding high on them. This is like their longest win streak since the 50s. Yeah. Which tells you the big red machine mm-hmm. didn't have an 11 game win streak, which is the most mind boggling thing I've which ever is seen. Crazy to think about. Yeah. Like that. That's just wild. And this yeah. team is on. Fire. Yeah. But they go up against the Braves. Uh, yeah. Which is right now. So yeah. a little rough this weekend. And one more thing. I almost forgot to mention this. For some reason, Jake texts me on, I believe it was Monday or Tuesday night. I think it was Monday night. Jake texts me that there is a person that listens to us from Belgium. Yeah. Every episode. Every, every hasn't episode. Missed one. Hasn't missed one. Listen. 
we don't know if it's like a friend fucking with us yeah, like, like it, with the VPN it could be it could be one of our idiot friends doing that but if it's not and if it is someone because we don't know anyone from Belgium or like living in Belgium currently nope so if if you are listening to this podcast please like reach out on our social media pages and like let us know who it is because I mean like yeah I mean we'll drop it in mistake by the take on Instagram at MBTT pod on Twitter whatever one you want to go to exa- even if it's one of our personals yeah I mean, reach out because just do anything like seriously because I mean I that's nuts we, yeah and we want to say thank you as well we you know international uh, yeah like we appreciate any support yeah. and that's like we're we're a fairly small podcast so for right. that I mean I say fairly small like we're small yeah we're very small we're very small <laughs> but um no, but I mean, we and like if we figure something, like if we figure you out, like we'll definitely get in contact and try to do something because it's it's awesome. Yeah, that's sick. So we got all that out of the way, got the um the you know the Vegas talk out. I'm sure the the betting talk will continue though. But um yeah, I mean it always does, right? It always does. So we um for obviously as we go into the um. The NF, the NBA draft. Uh, there's honestly only been NBA news recently. Yeah, I mean the MLB news was pretty much like other than the yeah. Reds win streak. That was pretty much the only big news. I was about to say too. I mean LSU makes it into the uh, yeah, the, into the College, College World, World Series. Series yeah. So like that's the only other news like baseball related technically, I guess. Yeah, it's them in Florida in the in the College, World, in Series, the College so. World Series. But either way, so. Obviously now, you know, hot off the press, we're sticking with it, we're rolling with it. So we wanted to make this one NBA edition since, I mean, makes sense of when we're doing draft talk and, you know, the Cavaliers offseason, not really preview, just kind of an update on where we stand with everything. But yeah, so, uh, I mean, I guess let's just get right into it. So hot off the press, here we go. Um... I don't know. I think it's kind of interesting right now where we all stand. Um because there was a lot of trades. They do that do just a lot happened. more than I was expecting. Yeah, and it was like right off the rip kind of thing. So, first things first, there was there's two main ones that we really need to like touch on. The first one right now is the three team trade between the Celtics, Grizzlies and Wizards. So, in all of it, 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 there's there's a lot of different pieces in it. Well, how about the fact before it even went down, we're talking about the trade that fell through. Yeah, there was a trade that also fell through, too. Like, it was the ex- almost, not the exact same trade, but it was the Celtics, Wizards, and somebody else who's slipping my mind right now. I don't remember who the third team was, but I the forget. third team, they, they backed out. Yeah. They were like, no thanks. Like, we, we don't want to commit to it. So the Grizzlies jumped in. So, yeah. So the Grizzlies jumps, in, jumps into this trade. So... In this one, the Celtics get Kristaps Porzingis, the 25th pick in last night's draft, which turns out to be Marcus Saucer. Um, I believe he was the point guard from, I want to say Houston, but I'm not 100% sure. Um, a Warriors top four protected first round pick in 2024 as well. They walked away with two first round picks in that in that whole thing. Um, and then Grizzlies get Marcus Smart. And the Wizards get Tyson, uh, Tyson, what, Tyus, Tyus, Tyus. There's no, like, R in it, which would, like, (laughs) made it a lot easier. But Tyus Jones, Daniil Gallinari, 
uh, Mike Muscala, which I did, I didn't. Moose. Yeah, I don't. I didn't know he was still in the league. To be honest with you, they got the 35th pick in the draft, which I did not see who that ended up being. But who do you think got the best part of that trade? Well, you want my hot take on it? Let's of hear course. it. I, I think Chris Porzingis is the least winner I've ever seen in my entire life. Really? He was mentioned initially in the Cavs traded talks, like that they were gonna go. Oh, yeah. Look at him. I, I would have hated it. It seems like it's a destruction everywhere he goes. He can't stay healthy. He just never puts together anything winning. So probably still the Celtics. It's them or it has to be the Wizards. It's one or the other. If you think Celtics, it's just because of the returning draft capital they got back. Yeah, I think, honestly, the Celtics win it. I'm a little higher than you are on KP. I, I, I don't think he was as good as many people thought he would end up being, but I still think he is pretty good. Um, and then also, too, I mean, getting a couple of picks, too. Like, that's nothing really, like, can't, you can't complain about that one. Um, they no, do, definitely not. They do lose that tough element in Marcus Smart. I know I'm not the biggest Marcus Smart fan, but, like, he still is kind of like a Draymond Green type where, you know, he's an enforcer, and you kind of need that on any team, as we talked about before. But um, and then the second trade that really was the one that dominated headlines the Warriors and the Wizards. This one was crazy. I didn't expect this. So the Warriors get Chris Paul in it. And then the Wizards, another like they make another trade now. They walk away with Jordan Poole, a 2027 second rounder, and a 2030 protected first rounder pick. I mean, what? Like, I, I just, who, who, what, what was. The logic behind this one. Does any team win in this? None. Like, I, I think maybe the Wizards. I guess. Like, the Warriors get Chris Paul. Are, are you moving Clay to the three? Is that what's you, happening what, here? What is going... I did not understand that one because we're. it's more... What I thought about it was maybe Paul becomes a bench guy. I mean, maybe. A depth piece at that, at that point because, I, I mean, I don't think you move Curry to the two. No, no. You can't. But, like... Chris Paul's going to go play on the bench? There has to have been a team that would have played him as a starter. Right, but I think at this... I don't know. I think it was just all around kind of a mishap for the Warriors, in my opinion. I mean, I, I mean, what are the Wizards getting out of this, too? Like, Jordan Poole, I mean, some people high on him. I'm like, eh, I don't know. He's a good scorer. That's about all I see him as. He's like, okay. Uh, a second rounder I do not care about. Again, like, I think second round picks are... In 2027, too. Yeah. Like, and they're borderline useless. Like, yeah. half, most of them get cut. In a 2030 first round, dude, whoever's getting drafted in that is probably in seventh grade right now. It's seven years away. Yeah, like they're in seventh grade. Yeah. So I, I, I don't understand when NBA teams do that. I personally kind of thought the Wizards won this one mainly because I do. I'm not super high on Jordan Poole. But I think it's a young piece, especially for a team that is starting to rebuild, where if you can unlock some potential out of him, and, I mean, he's going to be the main scorer for that team because yeah. they don't have anyone now, especially since Bradley Beal is gone, which I hope you touched on that in the last podcast. Sure did. I'm sure you did, yeah. So, I don't know. I think it's just kind of a weird trade all around. Either way, how yeah. we how you look at it. But. I'm just happy the Wizards are finally actually rebuilding, so yeah, I'll they go with them as a winner. Yeah, um, and then the last last part of it, um, Draymond Green, Chris Middleton, and Kyle Kuzma, they all decline their player options. 
Uh, Draymond Green was set to make 27.6 mil. Chris Middleton was supposed to make 40. And Kyle Kuzma, 13 mil. Is there any guys on this list that you would consider for the Cavs? Kyle Kuzma, without a doubt. That's what I was thinking. I was thinking it. He's like a good offensively. He's decent defensively. He's pretty young. It it depends what you can get him on. Like, I don't want to pay the dude a ridiculous amount of money, and that's going to be one of my main points here for the Cavs is I'm looking for more depth than another superstar. But, I mean, when a guy like that becomes available, you got to look. And we're not talking like Chris Middleton's going to be too expensive. And I just don't think Draymond would pan out in the city of Cleveland. That's just an awful idea. Which, by the way, can we just – what is he doing? I don't know what's happening with that. I'm hoping that he did it so he can take less money to go back to the Warriors because who the hell is paying Draymond $30 million? That's what I was thinking. It was either that – well, I mean, considering that what's-his-name's gone now, Jordan Poole, and that was the beef right there since he freaking knocked him out. But, I mean, yeah, I'm I'm kind of in the same boat where I think Draymond Green's going to be a little bit too much, whatever team offers him, especially for – I mean, he's – probably going to be on the bench for us if you really think about it unless you move him to the three which do you really want Draymond Green to be your three not at all no so I think Middleton also same boat where it wouldn't make it, on it, the money now it's going to be an issue but I also think too like do you move him to the three then because I mean where where else are you going to put him yeah. nowhere you can't unless you trade Donovan Mitchell or Darius no, Garland no no I, I just there's no money there for Middleton. There's no, and that's and that's going to be the key piece. Is the money is going to be an issue with Middleton? Um, Kuzma makes the most sense. Yeah, I will I say think he fits. It, it fits perfectly because he he could come off the bench and be a rotational guy. Because we'll talk about it later in the episode about what the Cavs need to do moving forward. And I mean, he would make a lot of sense for this team, especially if you can get him from cheap. Um, I don't know what his value will be at, but. Either way, um, I think it's going to be pretty interesting to see kind of how it all transpires. So um, just a couple other things to touch on. I know it's not NBA-related, and we said it was going to be NBA-related. We don't really have to talk about it, too. Deion Sanders, I don't know if you saw that in the news. He is going to get surgery today. It is not for the foot. He doesn't have to get the foot surgery, but it is for now a blood clot. So he is in our prayers today. Hopefully that surgery does go well. Um, and then I also just saw, as we are recording this, Sean McDermott just got extended, which I don't agree with because I think Brian Dable was the main reason for a lot of that success with Josh Allen. Either way, do you have any final thoughts that you want to get in before Lisa puts out our fire? Uh, McDermott extension's fine. I don't have the, the numbers on it, but whatever. Either way, that was hot off the press. And so heavens help me, Lisa put out the fire. Great. Now we'll never get the game back. Of course we will, buddy. He says it every time and he's wrong every time. Hot off the press is always back. Hot off the press is maybe always back. (laughs) Kidding. I don't know. I just, one of those mornings, man, I was up till like, 2 a.m. making this outline. I can't even lie. Um, so, since someone had to dog sit. Hey, man, I'm bringing in the money. Bringing in the money. You got to, you know what? 
It, w- it was your sister, right? Yeah. So I know your sister listens to the podcast. Um, taking you're taking my man away. He's not answering a lot of my texts, dude. We've been like texting like a shit ton. I have too. been like answering every your day. I didn't answer your text because I was asleep in the bed because I had would, four hours of sleep the night before. Dude, you were like knocked out. I was just like, this dude is not responding to me. I and took I like a three hour nap. When I, well, I was thinking, I'm like, dude, like when are we gonna film this? And I'm like freaking out because I'm not getting a time. And it was like 8 p.m. And I'm like, dude, like what are we doing here? But either way. Um, I'm always prompt and on time and always have everything figured out, guys. Don't worry. When we were, well, and it was funny too, because when I, when you finally texted me back, it was the first time that I was legally buying alcohol in a store and it just felt so wrong. I was it just like, feels wrong. what? The, yeah, what I've am been, I doing? I've literally been doing it for 10 months and I, it still feels wrong every time. And like, I'm like trying to like, I got my ID out and I'm like freaking out because like I... I don't know why I'm freaking out. Like, no, no, it's, still like it's still weird. Like, it, I don't know. It feels know. like you're sitting there, you've seen a fake ID, and you're like, <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> Are they going to accept it? Like, Are they going to accept what it? And you're like, hell? Wait, hold on. Like, this is what I people am, do every day. I am legal. What do you mean? Yeah. So, <laughs> either way, that's that was my night last night, basically. But, um, yeah, the, the NBA draft last night, uh, pretty interesting to say the least. We're not going to go too in depth with the draft itself um since there was a couple of um different things that you know yeah i'm pretty sure stuff there's a, there's a decent amount of calves info that we could talk about with this one that's why right plus like i mean do we really care who teams are drafting past like the top like 510 i mean sure yeah. they're gonna make a difference but like meh we're gonna really we're gonna touch on the top three because i think these three were the most important parts of it um and other than that i mean like there wasn't really much buzz around who else is going to go. But, uh, yeah, first pick, Victor Wembanyama. I mean, nothing else really to say on this one other than, like, it's pretty obvious. Yeah, uh, there was literally nothing that could have stopped anybody from taking Wembanyama. Like, it was, it was written on the wall. He literally could have went out and committed, like, three felonies the night before the draft. I'm pretty sure he still would have went one. Oh, I saw something on um, The Athletic last year around this time. They did an article about like the tw- this draft and what are some of the key, like who are some of the guys to look out for and stuff. And they were like, yeah, Victor Wembanyama." like uh, they interviewed scouts. And one scout said, like, this dude could break both of his ankles and he's still going number one. Like, it was going to happen. The betting lines, I saw people, like, throwing down, like, these oh, insane dude, I saw, yeah. bets. It was literally a $14,500 bet to win 14650 or something. Like, he was minus 10000 to be the first pick. It's funny because my one friend put down $134 to win six cent, no, $0.67. Cents. And... <laughs> My my other friend has yet to hit a bet in over a month now, and I go he what? so he so my friend hits that bet right, and the other I go about the other friend I said, at least you're up more than he is now. That's crazy. Dude. Yeah. So either way, I mean the lines were obviously very in favor. Talk, talk about like low key sweating a first pick that you still oh, dude, know is going to be, be. I mean, like you're like oh dude I have like so much money on this. Oh and right. There's no way it's not. But like what if? It, what if? Yeah. And that's what I was thinking. I was kind of like hoping it to be like just like I, I mean the same thing happened with like Trevor Lawrence in the 2021 draft. Like yeah. you know it's going to be Trevor Lawrence, but like. What if it was like Zach Wilson or something like that? But no, I was just You just like, get the absolute curveball. Right. Scoot Henderson, like, like what? Mm-hmm. 
everyone just the city of San Antonio just burns down. But yeah, no, it was it was pretty obvious. The only thing, I mean, dude's a freak of an athlete. Like just not even athlete, just like talent. He just like I mean, he is athletic, obviously for seven four, which is pretty nuts. But like overall, I mean, the dude is just a freak. Dude, it, it's literally crazy. I was listening to uh, Ryan Rosillo talk about him a little bit earlier, and like he has a good frame. He's obviously like huge just size wise, but he's also like super talented. Like he's a guy that can go inside and get a bucket on you, and at the same time, he's a guy that could cross over and take a step back three. And he's going to be an elite defender. Yeah, I mean that's the biggest thing. Like people don't realize this guy is a defensive animal. He like. I was watching him because I watched a bunch of the guys just to get a general feel for it because I didn't know where we were going to go with this podcast episode, to be honest with you. So I was just going to prepare for everything. I mean, the dude just like, he did everything. The only thing that I would say, and I know I said it before, I do have a little bit of concern about the size. I, and I'm still going to be... He's going to get injured. Injury. There, there's yeah. no way he's not going to get injured. Like, it's going to happen. But when you look at guys like like Kevin Durant got injured too. Yeah. You still wouldn't go back and not draft Kevin Durant. Right. Well, and that's what I was saying. I was thinking like this dude is just a 7-4 version of Kevin Durant. That's how I view him. I'm yeah, not going to I'm not going to put him on a pedestal and be like, "Listen, this is the greatest prospect we ever seen" because that's not going you just can't do that to a guy in my opinion. I mean, the comparisons have literally been he's the greatest prospect since LeBron James. Right. And I just I I don't want to do that to a guy just before his career like he hasn't even stepped on an NBA floor yet but the only thing is like I mean like I think that's still like a 7-4 version of Kevin Durant as a comparison like I mean come on that's that that's really really good oh yeah I saw like there there was one really bad like freezing take and it was like if Victor Wembanyama does or if he turns out to be KD or I forget who else they compared him to, like Kareem or something. Then it's a failure. I'm like, no. I'm like, what? Are you kidding? Like, if you get either of those guys, if you get half of either of those guys, like, it's a good player. Yeah, like Kevin Durant. Like, I'd, possibly the best scorer we've ever seen. Yeah, I would say that he is probably a top three scorer of all time already. Because, yeah. I mean, the dude, the dude's a freak. And, like, this dude has the potential to do that as well, too. So, either way, um, pretty obvious there. We won't go any more really into that one but I do want to touch on these next two picks because there was a little controversy with it I am not in heavily involved in like Charlotte sports Twitter to say but I've like I see it occasionally I follow um the stay hot podcast I don't know if you okay. see it but like you know it's um I've heard of it yeah uh Theo Ash Bladen Kirk and um the Matt I forget his last name but it's that Matt is a huge fan He's the the Charlotte teams and stuff like that. So I follow him, and I heard the reactions of the Hornets picking Brandon Miller. And I was kind of shocked by it because a lot of the Hornets fans were not okay with the pick, but everyone else was okay with it, which was really strange because, listen, I love Scoot Henderson. I thought he was better than Brandon Miller, Down with in my you. opinion. I've watched both of them. Um, I just didn't... Do you, th- do you think it was the correct pick? Yeah. We'll go with that. It was the correct pick. I agree. This, this is a team who... You have LaMelo Ball, who you're not sending anywhere. 
Terry Rozier, who you cannot dump that contract. It's literally not going to be possible. Like he's just overpaid at the moment, and nobody's going to want to take it on. Why are you going to add a third guard into the mix? No, I I agree with that one. I I think, you know, in the NBA draft, you usually see a lot more of best player available because it's usually MLB drafts are tend always. to be always best player available. And then you go NBA, it's usually a mixture of both. And then NFL, you're, unless your team is set, you have to draft a position. And so, I mean, I get why you would think like Scoot Henderson based on the idea of best player available. But you already have a loaded room with the guards. You're correct on that. Because so what are you, you going to do? Are you, you're going to obviously? I think you have to start Lamelo. You do, yeah. And obviously. you're going to move either Scoot or Rozier to the bench. So you're just going to stunt a guy's development that's in a rebuild, or move a guy that you're paying millions upon millions of dollars to to not play starting minutes. You would have to probably move off of Lamelo Ball if they drafted Scoot Henderson. I think you trade Lamelo Ball, which makes no sense. It makes no sense in my yeah. I agree, um, but I also think too they needed a secondary scorer from the three. Yeah, and that's what they exactly what they got. And he, he, the other thing too is like the dude was a he's a true three and D guy. Yeah, he is. And not even like three and D in the sense of just like a shooter and defense guy, because he could score from all three levels. And I, honestly, I was shocked that all of the you know he dealt with all the the gun. And whatever that whole situation was during the season yeah, that was at Alabama, mess. but over I I thought it was going to affect his draft stock. Clearly didn't. No, because he went and balled out, dude. He averaged nineteen and eight. Yeah, the dude was a tank. I will I will say that playing for an SEC school too, not like you know some guys we'll talk about later in the right. episode, not playing for big five like power five schools. Right. So I think probably we'll we're not going to end the discussion on Brandon Miller just yet because he will be brought up later in the episode um, because I did make a tweet about that. Um, But yeah, so that was the number two pick with Brandon Miller. I agree. Probably was the pick there. Um, So then Trailblazers at three. I think they fell into a gold mine right there. Yeah, I mean... I mean, Scoot Henderson falling to three. You really like... I mean, last year... If you would have said Scoot Henderson was the third overall guy, I would have been like, "Really?" Because this dude is a this dude's a baller. Yeah, I mean, I watched his tape. I he's a dominant scorer. Like he, he just plays with a very hard intensity, and then you mi- combine that with just his ability to put the ball in the hoop. Yeah. I I really like Scoot Henderson. That's all I've heard about this guy is that he's just like. Yeah, like pedal to the metal every second that he's in the game, pretty yeah. much. And I, I love that about him. So then the question then becomes with this pick, it's got to be lured gone now, right? Listen, if I'm the Blazers, no, absolutely not. It's not Lillard gone. Really? He's Damian Lillard. I get that. but Like, he's an insane talent. Like, you're not just going to let him walk. If you can keep him, you keep him. But if you're Damian Lillard, why the hell are you in Portland? I, he literally came out the other day and was like, "Yeah, I'd like to give him a little bit longer to try to, you know, rebuild this team." No, you've given them a decade. You've given them way too long. Like, move on. I don't. So then, you want the Wizards to rebuild, right? Yeah, of course. I, I mean, what look, about the Trailblazers then? I'm just saying, if you're the Trailblazers, you don't move off of a talent like 
I mean, the Wizards didn't have anybody that was Dame. Like, Damian Lillard is a top 10 player in the NBA. They had Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal's not a top 10 player in the NBA. I But I'm saying at least he's... He, he's not in it. Like, Bradley Beal is a... He's in contention for top 25. You can't even lie. Like, maybe. I don't even think... He's like, he's not... Maybe it's just me realizing he's been playing in Washington for the last... Yeah. Like, decade, pretty much. I mean, this dude has been putting up insane numbers, and nobody has been talking about it. That's why he was such a hot commodity. The problem is you put up insane numbers on bad teams, right? Like, there's something to be said about that. Like, somebody has to score. Okay, yeah, but you could say that about Damian Lillard. Yeah, yo, you hundred no. Okay, hold on, pause. You can't say that about Damian. Like Damian Lillard is pulling up from the logo, dominating the best players at every position. Like no, I'm no, I'm he's saying undoubtedly no. not even comparable to Bradley Beal. I'm I'm not saying that he's comparable to Bradley Beal, but I'm saying that, I mean, bad team, putting up numbers. Yeah, the but the Trailblazers have been like a good team before. I mean, like, not a great team, but they've been a good team, and he's also been putting up those numbers. So right now. Like, Beal, a much younger Beal was putting up decent numbers when that team was like John Wall and whatever, but like still, that team wasn't that great. How many points do you think Bradley Beal averaged this year? Let's ask that. No, I know it was a lot. It was probably like, what, north of 20? 23. Yeah. I, I, either way, I I think at some point you got to rebuild. Like, I get it. Like, I, I well, was the not- problem is I think they have been rebuilding. They've been rebuilding for a decade. No, I, I, they, they just can't figure it out. They can't figure it out. In the yeah, I I agree. But the thing is, like, and and also too, I want to clarify, I'm not putting Damian Lord and Bradley Beal in the same category on that one. I'm just saying though, like the situations are kind of the same, in the sense of like bad team needing just to hit the restart button and. I mean, obviously, Damian Lillard, 32.2 points this year average. So, like, the dude's a a baller. But, yeah, I mean, yes, I agree. Damian Lillard needs to be requesting for a trade, like, now. Especially, too, with Scoot coming in. But, like, I don't know. I just think that, like, I don't get why you haven't tried. Because if they were going to go into a true rebuild, Damian Lillard would be gone now. Yeah, I agree. So then, like, at some point, you have to get rid of him and get n- more players that, you know, maybe not to his starting caliber. But the thing is, now with Scoot Henderson coming in, you may have that guy where he could eventually be a dominant scorer in the league. I'm not saying to Damian Lillard's level, but, like, at least potentially 25, 30 points average. Like, in that range. I, I guess what I'm trying to say is, like, should the Blazers trade Damian Lillard? Yes. But are the Blazers going to trade Damian Lillard? Like, no. And I think they will. I, I don't I don't think so. I, I think don't know. Because now Scoot comes in, like... It just... There's because, a point where you look at it, and he's been so loyal to the franchise to the point where... Uh, I mean, this franchise has to do some internal reflection. They're like, dang. Like, well, he wants to stay here. He's, you know stuck with us through the darkest of times where we can't do anything around him and then you're going to trade him like and there's no loyalty in the business there's not there's none there's none business is business i texted you that earlier yeah there isn't loyalty in it but uh, to a degree there might be here i just don't think that i i mean if i'm if i'm his agent i'm telling him to shut the hell up no i'm with you requesting a trade get out 
But I don't know. I just feel like you can't really... It's like the same situation with the Hornets then. Like, that room just becomes so filled. And you're kind of seeing it with, like, the Cavs, where they have two dominant scores. I mean, granted, luckily, one of them is technically a shooting guard in Donovan Mitchell. But, like, these are two point guards. And you're going to tell me that, like, one of them is going to have to either transition to a shooting guard or be on the bench? Like, I don't agree with that. I think eventually you're you're going to have to move off of them. And I'm not saying that they should have went and took someone else and, like, done what the Hornets did and, like, kept Damian Lillard. Like, at that point, if Scoot Henderson is there, like, you have to pick him. And I don't know. I just feel like you need to move off of them and get some younger pieces and some more picks, you know, especially, too, if you're going to be drafting that high – in future years, like, just keep racking up picks. But, I don't know. Overall, the top three, I was kind of expecting Brandon Moore to go, too. Yeah. yeah. You know what the crazy thing is? What? People were talking about the fact that, like, this should be collusion. And I think it was Shams who went out and tweeted that there was, yes, a, like, that pretty much Scoot Henderson was going number two. Yeah. Scoot Henderson, or I'm sorry, Shams, is employed by FanDuel. Ha! So now they're sitting there like, hold on. So you're telling me the guy who has, you know, he's the second biggest reporter in the NBA. He has all the connections. He got this entirely wrong, got a bunch of people to water down the line, slam a bunch of money onto Scoot Henderson, and then it's Brandon Miller. And who benefits from this? His employer, FanDuel Sportsbook. I think it's going to start to get really sketchy now. I don't think those guys betting. should be able to be employed by no, betting I agree. companies. That's I crazy. Think, because, I mean, think about it. Like, Pat McAfee, obviously not anymore, but he was employed by FanDuel. Still technically is for the time being until he transitions into ESPN. But this is going to... like McAfee's a different story, though. Like, that's like a no, podcast no, no. It, or show host. And like, I get that's it. fine. But in the same sense, though, like, he could have someone else come onto his show and say the same thing. I agree. I it, I think it's different like to have them do that. Then you're looking at a moral no, obligation I, I to agree. the person coming on. I agree. But when it's that person being employed? Like a shams. I agree. That breaks news. It's, it would be the same scenario if it was like Woj that was in that yeah. boat. Or if you want to look at a football perspective, you could say Adam Schefter or All you have to Ari, do is put on yeah. one tweet that you're like, those guys are wrong all the time. Yeah, like not all the time. Like they, they're very they're, good at what they do. They're very reliable, like great sources. But they're wrong. Sometimes. There's times where they're wrong. Yeah, like they tweet things that aren't set in stone. Like you know that Henderson has his probability to be the number two pick is higher, right? Like he's not saying he's the number two pick, but he's saying that like it looks like it's going to be. But it's okay if you're wrong on that. Yeah, like you're not going to lose your job because you were wrong. People aren't going to stop following you on Twitter and social media, and you know, like you're not going to stop getting money because you were wrong. Right. So one little false tweet, and you make your employer a ton of money, and then they look at you better. You probably pay you a little more. Like that's all it takes. And I'm not saying Shams did it. Like it very possibly could have just been like a last second. Yeah, switch. allegedly we don't want to make any no, no. sort of like claim on that. But I will say that it looks really sketchy. It does look sketchy. It really does. And I think that not even from a perspective of just that. I think it's going to be a huge impact moving forward on just sports in general. 
because now it's so easy for you to place bets. And the thing is, Pete Rose, gone. Like, you, that was the usual, like, standard of, like, okay, if you bet, you're banned, gone, see ya. But now when you look at it, you know what was the thing that kind of changed it all? Go for it. Calvin Ridley. Yeah. His one-year suspension, and he was betting on Falcon games when he was with the Falcons. And listen, I'm not saying that, like, I don't want to take shots at Calvin Ridley or anything like that. This is not his fault. Well, I mean, technically, he was the one that was betting on it. And I, I don't want it because I read the I read a Players Tribune article that he wrote himself about it, and it was at the time he was dealing with a lot of mental health issues and injuries, and I felt really bad for him because it sounded like he was using this basically as a crutch at that point. Yeah, dude, which is really sad. Yeah, so, and I've seen many people use betting to go like that, yeah, but that's that's not the point I'm getting at. The point is like the NFL set a standard with that suspension because now it's only one year and they well, haven't I mean backtrack again like the Lions room that's what I'm I, I'm getting to yeah, that yeah. yeah here's the thing because then they double down on it and they don't really granted now that was technically I believe Jamison Williams was not betting on NFL games I think he bet on a college football game I want to say he picked Alabama which obviously makes sense since you know he went to Alabama but I think that was the key moment right there where not even in just, like, football. That's with any sport. Like, you had to crack down on that if you truly wanted to stop anything. And now that it's started to become legal and everywhere, and, I mean, who knows what's going to, you know, what the future of sports betting is going to look like. But, like, the NFL potentially could have fucked up and really... Could like they set a standard now, and, and this the original standard was the Pete Rose, and like that was that yeah, you're done. You no would Hall think that would be good, and, and he was a manager at that point. It's a little bit different, but. right? Obviously, but either way, and just saying, like now we're shifting into a new age, and especially too with like you know, oh, you know, someone gets arrested for something else, so they do A, B, C, whatever crime, right? And they don't get a certain suspension, and now you get that conversation in it. I think it just could be very, very sketchy moving forward. Yeah, I mean it's a weird scenario, right? Like, how long does a guy get suspended for a domestic, you know, abuse case compared to someone who's betting on sports? Yeah, like, is that really what we're incentivizing? Like, is worse than the other? And you, yeah. Like, I mean, it draws in fair questions. You know what's going to be even the worst part? Let's hear it. It's going to... I don't know how college sports is going to handle it. Because it's already starting to happen. And you know, I won't go too far into this. But there are stories that I have heard from people that I know where it's like... it, it It's a thing. It's I a mean, real thing. College athletes still, to my knowledge, correct, are not supposed to be gambling. Correct. Even, no, even with NIL, they're not allowed yeah. to be placing bets. You are not allowed to be in like placing bets. Like rules by the NCAA. And I have heard stories, and I'm not naming anyone here at John Carroll because I that's not where I'm going with it at all. This is stories at other schools. 
of athletes, Division One athletes, in prominent sports that are betting on games. Wouldn't surprise me. And it and, and the the cle- it, the problem is it's going to be a lot of it of sweeping it under the carpet and then make an example out of A, B, and C guy. Yeah, and that's know, it, Mister No Name sitting on the bench, right? That gets you know banned from college football. But the, while you know, like right, C.J. Stroud was probably uh, not saying that he was or anything, obviously. But like, if a guy uh, of his, C.J. Stroud's caliber, caliber right, yeah. was sitting there betting on games, they'd be like, "All right, C.J., listen, you got to knock it off, but we'll make right. this go away." So, I don't know. I think that it's it's one of those things where it's going to be a huge issue, and I don't know if college or professional sports is truly ready for it. No, they're not, but they'll roll with the punches and figure it out. So, either way, Couple I know we guys just... will get made examples of right. that's that. We got really off topic there, but yeah, um, so, top three, Victor Weminyana, Brandon Miller, Scoot Henderson. Was there any surprise picks for you? Um, I have one. I mean, like... I won't lie, like, most of these guys, since the Cavs weren't anywhere near the top of the draft, didn't like, really, yeah. I, okay. I didn't do a ton of research on them. Like, I watched college ball I did the a decent same amount thing. this year. It was year. kind of, yeah. Uh, the one that really stuck out to me was, and this is kind of where he was projected, but Grady Dick falling all the way to 13. <laughs> kind of just like, like, that dude's a baller, dude. Yeah, I know. Like, he is an absolute animal. Like, you go to Kansas for a reason, and he was a dog when he was there, and he ends up on the Raptors? The- like, that's a good team in my eyes like I know they finished as like what the nine seed or whatever in the east but I still view them as like on the cusp of being pretty good right and that's what the thing is with with the draft system like yeah it's it's good in the sense of it controls tanking to a degree but like it also has its flaws of like good teams are still getting like these lottery picks yeah so there's definitely got to be and the lottery's all set but like they're getting like there's chances they get higher lottery Right, picks. that's what I'm saying. Like, it just, like, I don't know. I, I feel like there's flaws to that one as well. And they talk about the NFL trying to switch to that type of system. And I think that, like, you would make a huge mistake, in my opinion, with that. But overall, I think the one that was really stood out to me was uh, Cam Whitman, the kid, the forward from uh, Villanova. Yeah. I mean, this dude was projected to go top five. And, I mean, he was a baller in college. Watched a lot of his film too, liked it. But um, Woj did say at some point I did catch it on TV. He um, apparently did not have the best workouts or interviews. It was almost kind of like a Will Levis effect. Yeah, it was kind of weird. How much stock do you put into that when a guy has a bad workout? Um, not much. That's that's where I'm at too. Like he, I, he's going on the court and produce. That's what means something to me. I think the workouts I'm not too concerned about. I worry about the interviews. If a dude is tanking interviews, that reflects his personality. And if, especially to, if I were going to talk about like a Will Levis, that's a quarterback. Like if you're yeah, quarterback, your right. And granted, I will say a forward, not going to be the, the the one where you're like, oh, you know, like I don't character know. I think- Think, yeah, a leader but, can come from anywhere in basketball, right. but but I think either way, I'm just saying, like I, I don't know, like I I feel like it's just it was kind of strange. He falls all the way to 20 to the Houston Rockets. That's where I was just like, wow. I know I, I'm pretty sure he did deal with some injuries as well too, so that could have had some type of effect. But it usually there's usually one guy that dramatically falls in any type of draft where you're just like, 
well, why did he just fall? And we really will never know because it's just how all drafts go in, at this point, you know? And it's insider info with that. Yeah, I mean, that's just... It was weird. I, you're right. I mean, I, I definitely looked over that one, but... Dude, he's another guy that's like, scoot, like, he's pedaled the metal 24 Hey, enjoying this edition of Mistake by the Take? Never miss an episode by hitting the follow button on the podcast and by dropping a follow on our social medias. That's at Mistake by the Take on Instagram and at MBTTPod on Twitter. Again, at Mistake by the Take on Instagram and at MBTTPod on Twitter. Thanks a lot. And now, back to the show. Seven. Right. Well, and and I think, I mean, dude, if this pans out, when you like think about it if this one if if they go and they get because their draft was in the first round they go amend thompson um with the fourth it was the fourth pick kid was a baller he was projected also going to the top five i thought the top five would be the three that we discussed and then ahmed and then camp and then he falls all the way to 20 if you can walk away with a guy that was with two guys that were projected in the top five, like, I mean, that's that's really good, especially for a team that's supposed to be rebuilding. Yeah. I would, I mean, props to them for that one. Um, especially, too, when you're at pick 20, you might as well take a shot on something like this. I agree. And they did need, their, their needs were definitely point guard and power forward. I know they got, uh, it was Suggs last year. Pretty uh, sure they Green. Jalen Green. It was Jalen Green. Shooting guard role, right? Yeah. So I, it, 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 a lot of young pieces head into Houston now. But that was probably my surprise pick on that one. Uh, also, I mean, say what you will about Ime Adoka, but he's has some, you know, experience developing young talent that's panned out, right? And that he's now the coach of the Rockets. So yeah. So and obviously too, we're not going to get into any yeah, yeah. off the field stuff or off the court, I should say, because I'm so used to saying off the field stuff with Deshaun Watson. Either way, though, yeah, that was probably my my um, surprise pick there. But another surprise that we will go into as well too. Um, we're going to start talking about the Cavs, and they had one pick out of and all it of it was number forty nine. Forty nine, and I purposely waited until. 1230 to watch this pick also before we even get into the actual pick itself what is the nba draft doing why am i sitting here waiting for the second round past midnight yeah like it is so ridiculous and it's not like it's on the west coast either and you're just like oh like i'm just getting you know screwed on the east coast like the draft is in brooklyn yeah no i i don't know why it's i shouldn't so be waiting late. for pick 58 at one in the morning but i think the the counter to that one is how many people are truly watching round two no, not. I mean, that Adam no, Silver. Adam Silver's not even announcing picks at that point. I like. I, I'm with you, right? Yeah. Like, stupid. Like round two, nobody's even really paying attention. But still, for the diehard fans, it yeah, sucks. I'm paying attention. That's my yeah. team's only pick, and I'm sitting there waiting past midnight. You're lucky I'm up there, you know, waiting anyway because I'm just a night person. But like, right? People that are going to work now can't watch who their team drafts. They just have to find out in the morning. Yeah. So, what ends up happening is. The board was kind of interesting at the time because I think you could have went multiple different directions with this one. And I said this earlier. 
I there wasn't that many power forwards or centers that were available in that general area because I think the last center to really go that was kind of like we should take a look at him was um the kid uh from Nigeria I forget his name and I would rather not botch it here but he went that's, it that's was the first point, yeah. yeah it was the first pick in the in the second round and um he was probably the last center that I would say that's like really in contention of filling that role of a bench kind of you know, like the like coming off the bench rotational guy. I'm willing to try to botch it. It's uh, James Nanaji. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure you got it too. But um, I it was kind of weird in the sense of like, all right, now I guess if we're gonna go for a need, it would make sense to go for a small forward here. So the pick ends up being Amani Bates. Um, if you don't know Amani Bates, you probably just don't know. Like uh, you're not a true basketball fan. Like, like you're not. not you don't you're pay not attention a die to high hard. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You're not a die hard paying attention to like high school, high basketball. school and college ball. Like that's right. where this guy made his name. And the reason why he made his name, this dude at one point was like in sixth grade, already considered like one of the best players at his age. Yeah. Like in I mean, this sixth is, grade. This, this is going to be the second time I said this, but this is an actual quote about. Amani Bates when he was in high school, like graduating, they said he was the best high school prospect. So that's the difference in these two quotes since LeBron James. Yeah, and I just when my thoughts on all of that, and because I, going through it from the baseball perspective, I you know rankings and stuff like that, it was all great. I had to deal with it myself during my recruitment process. There, I'll, you know what? I'm I'm gonna take a shot at him. It, it, the prominent one, the prominent ones that I should say in the baseball recruiting service are Prep Baseball Report and Perfect Game. Perfect Game usually the most national one, but PBR is usually the one where more local based kind of ordeal because they have one kind of for each state. And I feel like when we talk about rankings. Like before junior year of your high school years, like they don't matter because I know guys that with PBR, and I know I'm gonna I'm gonna take a shot at them. I don't particularly like PBR, but um, I think because the thing is, like I had a friend that came into high school highly rated, right, and then eventually like kind of falls off the face of the earth when it comes to senior year and that's the thing where it's like when you put these guys on a stage from an early part of their careers like not even high school it kind of affects them mentally I believe because they have to play to such a high standard at some point like from a very young age where you could potentially burn them out. And listen, I'm not even going to lie to you guys. Like, I, I felt burnout too. Like, towards the end of, like, when I called it quits. It got tough. It, I, there's, I, I think there's people who handle it really well and people who don't. Like, yeah. obviously, like, you could say the same thing. I mean, Victor Weminyama's probably been being looked at since he was, like, 11, dude. Right. And he's the number one pick and he loves basketball. But and, I think it's, but, a, it's a little bit different since it's an international. He was international and he didn't really... F- 
hit the spotlight until we made the move over into the United States because that's where I think it's a different culture at this point. You don't get a highly touted guy in a different country. They don't get as highly, like, just bolstered in the media, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I mean, there's there's definitely cases to be made on both sides of it. I agree. Yeah, there, there's guys who are in the spotlight their whole career, and then yeah, I mean, LeBron James, right? Literally, like he was one of the first nationally covered guys out of high school who you know goes and makes a splash. He was one of the first like Kobe stuff like that, but right. Kobe was a lower pick. Uh, and then you think of guys like, I mean, Amani Bates is kind of a guy who's not completely fallen off, but definitely a good a bit. And then like you know Mac McLung, like, yeah, he was the hottest thing in high school basketball and now he's you know bouncing around g leagues pretty you much can even, i mean you could even say zion too in a sense in a way i mean he's still dominated in college and is dominant in the nba just when he plays i mean the off-court issues too there <laughs> i mean i don't even know that's what to believe wild i'm on the i'm on team zion at this point yeah well at the so why we say this is amani bates very highly touted kid from just like I'd say sixth grade to probably his junior senior year of high school there was started to be some like rumbles and stuff because originally he was committed to Michigan State right and then before he goes and um, before he goes into college he ends up flipping and going to Memphis which I don't. I'm not like dogging that one at all because I mean Penny Hardaway's the coach there. He was getting some recruits. It's kind of like to put it in perspective for like the NFL guys in like the football area of our fans. Think about like Deion Sanders going to Colorado. It's and, yeah. kind of the same thing with Memphis because Memphis. I mean, yeah, they had some decent years. But it wasn't like, you know, what Penny Hardaway is doing, like in the recruiting aspect, bringing in new guys, because he brought in a couple of other highly touted recruits as well, too. So he ends up going to Memphis and he plays there for a year, has a good couple of games at the start. I know he um, he was a conference like player of the week at some point, um, like in the first week or something like that. Um and then some stuff happens, and then he transfers to Eastern Michigan University, out of all places, in which I end up finding out that it's in his hometown. Yeah. So that's part of, like, if you're like, why would he pick Eastern Michigan? It's from, I, I don't know how to pronounce the city. I will totally botch that uh, one. Yeah, I'm not even giving that one, too. It starts with a Y, and the next letter is a P, and yeah. I'll give up after that. So either way, he, he goes and transfers to Eastern Michigan, but, like, Eastern Michigan, it's a Mac school. And like obviously we know our fair share of Mac, you know Mac and baby. Yeah, it's but all thing, around here, right? So like you understand that like a highly touted recruit that was at one point named probably the best player in his class goes to Eastern Michigan, kind of like really a really weird scenario there. Yeah, I mean it's weird in the sense of like basketball talent, but. It makes sense out of everything else, right? Like we talked about it. It's practically his hometown. You can't blame a guy for going home. Like some people just like that environment more than others. And in all fairness, Eastern Michigan, not that far away from Cleveland, so that shouldn't be too much of an issue if you're thinking NBA-wise. And then, I I, listen, the dude still went and balled out. He was also dealing with off-the-court stuff. I mean, there was like the whole 
like he was getting you know basically a double felony charge all of a sudden and then it got dropped and he got charged with like a misdemeanor misdemeanor gun so carrying charge basically what happened was he was caught at a i think he blew through a stop sign got pulled over and they found um i don't know if it was one or two guns in the car that he was driving he did claim that it wasn't he was borrowing the car so that wasn't any of that wasn't his so he that was in play but um I don't know. I just like it, it was kind of a weird scenario there, and I think he gets it dropped to a felony. Like he, he got he, dropped he, to dro- a misdemeanor. Misdemeanor. Yeah. yeah, I'm sorry. From a felony to from a, a felony. Yeah, that's. I, I try to get a, to that point, yeah. but like it, my brain sometimes just doesn't function. It's so just, uh, you're carrying a weapon, like carrying a firearm yeah. or concealing a firearm, something like that. It so, was a misdemeanor charge. So either way, they it ends up kind of affecting him in the sense of he has to do probation then. He, well, he he's under probation yeah, for think, a certain amount of time. I believe it was like it was, 150 days or something. Yeah, he's I think 90 to 150 days around that range or something like that. So, um, I don't know. I feel like th- that kind of played into an aspect of where he doesn't get the nod for the first couple of games at, in his time in Eastern Michigan, which kind of gets a little sketchy there because you're kind of like, well, Eastern Michigan, and he's not getting any type of playing time. But I, I honestly think that's a coaching tactic oh, though, yeah. of like a guy who's so highly touted, you know, he's like basically yeah. the top recruit going to Memphis and you're like, listen, you're not just going to walk on this team and like, you know, just run the place. Like, it's still me. You're going to sit on the bench if you're not going to have everything figured out. I, if that, if the gun charges weren't there, I would be pretty pissed off that they did that just straight up because I hate when coaches do that. Like, you get in a highly touted recruit that's supposed to be there to help your program out, and you're just going to be like, eh, you're going to the bench. Like, obviously, I think it was ha- it had to do with gun charges. There's no way. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think there's something to be said about still proving yourself. No, I agree to, like, a, I don't think to a should, certain extent. But, like, like if you're going to walk on, like, earn your keep still. Like, you know, it's a coaching tactic to basically, like, not humble a player, but, like, kind of get him to buy into the system more so than just, like, this is my show. I'm going to do what I want until I get out of here. There's a there's a fallacy, I believe, in that where I think a lot of people think that there's a, most guys are going to be like, "Hey, you know what? This is this is bullshit. I, you know, I'm I'm better than all these guys. I'm going to walk on and like dominate and stuff like that." It it's usually not the case. There are a couple of times where that happens i don't know man you ever watched last chance you i mean yeah obviously again they're, they're... all those guys walked in thinking they're the best right and it's basically not to compare eastern michigan to you know a juco but kind of like in this scenario right like it's definitely a massive downgrade from a school like no, memphis and i agree but i think that in in there's a lot of cases where there's like i mean shoot I, i'll say it i dealt with this year for baseball there's a kid that came in for John Carroll um, from our rival school, Baltimore Wallace, Bryce Holt. And, I mean, like, the I, I love the kid to death. He, funny dude, like, great team guy as well. You know, he really blended in from day one. But, like, there was never a doubt where he was just like, uh, like, he shouldn't even, because he was the four-hitter for Baltimore Wallace who that year made the, the College World Series. And the thing is, he comes in like, you know, every everyone's like, you know, it, oh, he's got to earn it and stuff like that. The dude earned it. Most of the time, those guys will earn it. That's what I'm trying to get to because Bryce Holt, I mean, he had a fantastic fall. And so then he pretty clearly 
kind of jumped into there. So what I'm trying to get to is like, no matter what, I think those fallacies start to fall through in the sense of like when talent will prevail and you will just like ball out. Yeah, no, I mean, that's what I like. You'll in get most there. cases, because I think there are some scenarios where a, some idiot will walk in and just like lose it all. But like talent usually prevails. Yeah, I I still think there's something said to be like not handing the guy a spot. And, I agree. In that same way, like talent still prevails. Like if you're that good and you come in with a decent mindset, you're still going to play. Right. Like a coach isn't going to sacrifice his job and the opportunity to win just because you know, Obviously, yeah. you're a little cocky, but you're better than everybody else. Like you're still going to play. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I, I feel like that's a different scenario too. With like you know that was kind of his whole mentality. Like that was the whole thing on Bryce Holt, which we won't go into. But like that was kind of player he was. Right. Like you know, put his head down, work, not like a big loudmouth kind of guy. Yeah, I I agree. And I, there's definitely something different to be said about basketball players. Like in general. And this obviously have, doesn't go for all of them. They're yeah. more egotistical. That's yeah. I I think it's fair to say that as well. But either way, goes out there, has like a I I mean a pretty good season considering like I mean I don't I it, it was wow, just kind of he he cooked. But he like moved. I'm just he averaged nineteen and six. Yeah, I, no, I I agree nineteen and six. Like he he went out there and did well. And I, granted, you do have to like I guess I was sort of looking at it from the perspective of like how much was he going to be able to change Eastern Michigan and like they were just not good. Yeah, you can only do so much. Yeah, and I, mean, I agree. Like, you can make a difference. But, but I will like... say the one sport that one guy can make such a difference would be basketball. I agree. So I, I mean, I guess maybe expectations were a little higher than I expected there. You know, I, I don't know. Either way, um, that's kind of the background on him. Um, his measures, he's 6'9 and 190, which was kind of crazy to think about for a shooting guard. That, that's what it measures in on basketball reference, by the way. I'm pretty sure the report on his weight, the last time he weighed in officially, was under 180. I don't I Well, the only thing is, like, I think the dr- combine he got up to 190. I'm not 100% sure on that one because I was because that was one of my main knocks about Amani Bates when I was watching him was like the, the dude's like a toothpick. Yeah, like he he's my size at 6'9". Yeah. So um I little bit of just what his what he's going to bring to the table. Um the he is one of the purest scorers though like if you watched him in high school because I watched his high school highlights and then I watched a couple of games of him in college scoring is just natural for this dude like I mean it just from all three levels this dude was pulling up from like either deep or like heavily contested inside and he can get buckets I will say that about him because overall, I'm gonna I'm not gonna lie to you, I'm not really too high on the pick just because I don't know what we're getting with him. But I mean the dude, if we are getting like what I've seen on tapes and that high school flash of him, the dude can score. Yeah, I mean that's basically in a way all he can do. Um, that's that's like, the problem. He he's known to be a little bit lackadaisical on defense. You know, doesn't move off the ball that well, and, and offense too. Yeah, that's not like he just 
he doesn't move around. Like he's just a guy you get the ball in his hands, then he's like, all right, now time to go. Which and, I don't know. I and we can duke this one out. I love the pick. I now if you draft him at the ten pick, I hate it. Right. Obviously. But when you draft a guy like this at forty nine. I'm all for it. Most second-rounders don't even make the roster. No, I agree when you look at it from that perspective, 100%, because it's more of kind of a shot in the dark, like, hey, maybe this one will land. Like, I, I want to stab at a high-ceiling guy. Yeah, like, I, I agree. If he doesn't pan out, I feel like I lose nothing. But here's here's why I have concerns with it. I think it just kind of makes the small forward room way more complicated than it needs to be now if you truly think about it because let's now that you have you the problem was and we're going to touch on it later because we'll talk about what are the most important needs going forward for the Cavs one of the biggest needs is like what are we doing from the small forward perspective of starting not like rotational guys, because the problem is we have rotational guys. We have a bunch. It's just none of them came up to start. And like Amani Bates, like if he comes in here, like I don't know if he's going to be able to become a starter or if he has a starting caliber ceiling. I think the ceiling is there. I just don't know that it, the, he's there. I just, because like, I don't know. I, I'm I'm just kind of concerned in the sense of like, what is he going to be in the NBA? What is his role going to be? Obviously, it's going to be a shooter. But the problem is, like, okay, Karis LeVert was supposed to be the scorer. And, you know, we're going to be sacrificing defense with him, too. That's another key thing. And Okoro, it, it, luckily, the thing is, though, it's a completely different player from Okoro where yeah, Okoro has Yeah, one can be your defender defense. and one can be your absolute right. scorer. But the thing is now, like, you just you still have yet to address the main need. And that's why I was thinking thinking of like if we're going to go for needs, we should probably go after more of that center or power forward in the sense of like then we got a rotational guy. There's our rotational guy because then at that point you don't have to make him the starter. And I knew and I knew those rumors about us trading in back into the like into the first round that total was smoke. all bullshit. Yeah, total smoke. All bullshit. I there there was no way in hell that we were going to be able to move up into the first round. No, what were we going to give up to get into the first round? And even if you do move into the first round, what do you actually get? Yeah, you, it's an un, because it's going to be in the late late first round. It's not going to have an impact on this team moving forward because I mean at that point. Yeah, if you were going to get that rotational piece from the center position or like the power forward, makes a lot of sense. But I mean, other than that, like I just it was it was all just smoke. But either way, I think that like I don't know, I think it just makes our small forward room way more complicated because if he does pan out, great. Like you I guess I you could say that he is a starting small forward. But I just I, I have real concerns about that defense. Yeah, I mean the kid's nineteen. No, and I agree, which is crazy to think about considering that I am twenty one now. <laughs> like yeah, no, I mean it's nuts. But like I read his birthday it, as two like the it was like sometime in April in two thousand and four, and I'm like, I'm like okay, that's got to be an error. And then I'm like, oh my god, no, like he's nineteen years no, old. Yeah, that's what happens. 
I, I don't know. I think a guy that young you can get to play defense at some point. I, I don't think it's like off the table like this guy's just never going to be a defender. You, you can kind of transform his mindset still. But, I don't think it's going to happen, or maybe it can. I don't know that it's like set in stone that it would, but... I, I don't necessarily even think... I think, yeah, obviously, mindset issue is probably going to be there as well. But I also think, too, like, not just mindset, but, like, size. Like, yeah, he has the height, but if you're at 190, that dude's going to get bullied. The, the great thing about this Cavs team, though, is that you don't need incredible perimeter defense. Like... All you have to do is wait, stop the shot. Wait a second. Hold on. No, if you can force a guy to go inside, that's a wait, like if you either focus on the perimeter, like I think that's what everybody aside from Jared Allen and Evan Mobley should be doing on this defense. And it's what they did two years ago and it worked really well, so I'm not sure why we really went away from it. But like you stop the perimeter shot, a guy drives in, they get met with Jared Allen and Evan Mobley. Yeah, but the two mammoths inside you can't shoot over those guys. Yeah, but the problem is though, we don't have a guy like we don't have perimeter defense. You saw Jalen Brunson absolutely torch us. That's why I'm saying like I think these guys should be stepping up on the perimeter, giving up the drive. No, I and, and I agree. Like, I agree. But there's, you there's, just don't have. There's no such thing as you don't have perimeter defense on a guy of like, like if you're stepping up only guarding the perimeter, how do you not have per- like? Just don't let him shoot. Like let him drive right past you. I get it, and it, it like it would make sense, but it's a lot harder in that perspective of like I don't know. I just there, there's obviously more to work. Like you have to work around pick and rolls, stuff like that. I get. Right, but like in a general sense, you'd be fine. And nobody's shooting over Imani Bates either. Like he's six nine. No, I, like, I nobody's I agree. just like you know popping up in his face like he's Darius Garland. And that's not a shot at Darius. That's just a point guard. And I guess the the other reason why, wrapping up the Imani Bates pick, the other reason why I was kind of a little iffy on it, I was pretty high on Keontae Johnson, the kid from Kansas State, small yeah. forward. I know exactly what you're talking about. He was the uh, like the Cinderella happy story. But yeah, because uh, if you don't know who it was, he was the one a couple years back where he had the heart issue, collapsed on the floor. He was at Florida at the time. Yep. And he, like, passed, like, just down yep. on the court. It, it was a very scary moment. And, like, just, you hate to see that kind of Literally told he could never play back. Like, there may be a shot he never plays basketball again. Right. And so then he comes back and, you know, he was pretty good for most of the year. Um, but again, the the two knocks that you're probably going to hear most about him was one, um, he obviously the heart issue, pretty big concern there. But then two, like his performance in the tournament this year was like abysmal. Like I mean, it was really really bad. He was like three for eleven from three pointers, five for nine from the three free throw line in four tournament games. And he's supposed to be that guy that can shoot. Like, I get it why that'd be a major knock. But, like, the thing is, I just felt like he was, it, you, it was a little bit of a safer flyer pick, in my opinion, if you went with him. But even, even then, I probably still would have tried to go with addressing the small, for, not the small forward, the power forward or center position, in my opinion, still, just because I, I just, at that point, I don't know. 
you're not you're most likely not going to find a starter and you just complicate the the room a little bit more but either yeah, way I, I don't my idea going in there is not that you're even necessarily like adding a guy who's going to complicate the room if you add a guy that complicates the room it's a win like you got a guy good enough to make the roster that's fair that's a fair way to to put it in in that perspective um but it kind of leads into my next point then like I made a tweet on it was Wednesday. Um, it was I was watching film and stuff on the guys, and I I dug into Brandon Miller a lot, and I was really upset that we didn't have a first rounder this year because if we I would have genuinely tried to trade up for this dude. Like, obviously, the odds of it actually happening were slim to none. But, like, hear me out on this one. And I don't want to be that guy that's just like, you know, oh, he's just, like, saying this because, you know, to start for clicks and all this junk. Like, no, I'm not that type of guy. I'm just saying, like, this dude fills a need that we would completely need. And it's a rookie. He's a 3 and D guy. He's a 3 and D guy. That's exactly what you need is the Cavs. So... Basically, what I said for my tweet was, he can score from all all three levels of the court. He's in. He's a secondary scorer as well too. So he's not going to be the guy where he don't, like he needs to be shooting the ball like you have the ball in his hands all the time. Exactly. You can even push him. He if he was on the Cavs, he'd probably be the three at the like in the well obviously third option. Th- third option. That's what I meant. But he would also be the three as well. Um, and then you. But the thing is too like. People are like, oh, you know, like we're either going to get a scorer or we're going to get a defense guy. Like, no, this dude has elite defense as well, too. And he's proven to guard one through four. So, like, that's literally everything that we needed was in Brandon Miller. And it sucks because we obviously he, we couldn't have him, you know, and it, it, it hurts. But, like, I, I mean, I was just thinking about it. I'm like, man, like that would be perfect. It would solve our small forward spot. Then you walk into free agency thinking, ah, we only need to get probably a rotational guy for our bigs, and then we would have been fine. I would have been genuinely genuinely okay if that was all of our moves done. Yeah, I mean, the long ball kind of scares me from Brandon Miller. I don't think it's as consistent Not in as the consistent NBA as, as you, you want it. Yeah, I, I don't think it would have been as consistent, but it, it was there. I mean, I think, it has a possibility to develop. It kind of reminds me of like a Cam Reddish, like you know, in a like sense, he yeah. Could struggle when he comes into the league, kind of, and you know, hit a little bit of a road bump. I think in the in the games that I watched, I think that he was a fluent enough scorer where he could eventually get that down. No, I agree. Like it, it, he's definitely. I'm not saying he won't. I'm just saying it's definitely not like a you know. He, you can call him a three and D guy, but the three is spotty. A little bit, I think. I, I prefer to call him more of a, like, can do it on both ends kind of guy. Yeah. And especially, too, I mean, like, you got a mid-range, worst-case scenario, you got a guy that can knock down mid-range shots and play elite defense, which Isaac Okoro is still shaky no, for from sure. that perspective. But either way, that was kind of what I wanted to go with yeah, on I'm that. not going to beat myself up over the Cavs perspective of and, it, because yeah, even obviously. if you had a first-rounder this year, Probably still not getting Brandon Miller. Right. Because so, he would have been much lower. So then that moves into the Cavs offseason part. Kind of wrapping up the episode two. Um, we still got to do the Friday parlay as well. But so far, nothing has really gone on. 
No, it's not. I mean, nothing has really gone on. Nothing has gone on. And, and I will say this, like, I was cracking jokes on the outline, like, yeah, like, what's going on? Nothing. But, like, free agency technically doesn't begin until June 30th, so I'll give them that at least. Yeah, but you know how it is. It begins on June 30th, but it really starts immediately after the finals. And basically guys sign, but they don't, you know, put pen to paper and sign. Well, and that's why, like, you know, you usually start to hear rumors yeah. around this time. And you don't hear rumors. That's where I'm a little concerned. Because, I mean, what other way are you going to attack your needs? You haven't done it through a trade yet. No. And one of the guys you were considering, Christoph Porzingis, now on a different team. Would have hated that trade anyway. No, I, I'm not. I'm not disagreeing it, but like it, it wouldn't have made much sense as well too. To oh, that, really, I don't want three seven footers. Well, yeah, and, and, and one you of would have had gonna, to probably give up Jared Allen to get him or something. But. Right, and even if you didn't, like who would go on the bench then at that point? Right, because I will say, Kristaps. I don't know if you will agree with me on this, but Kristaps Porzingis is a starting caliber like power forward center. No, starting caliber for sure. I just don't think he's actually like, right, that's, a winner. But. but I'm just saying you can't kick that guy to the bench. No. So, I don't know. I just feel like there is a little bit of concern. On a level of 1 to 10, how worried are you? Like a 3. Okay. Like I, It's low. I, I'm really not that concerned because I would be concerned if you were looking for a superstar right now because that's where everything's already happening. Right. Where you're looking for depth pieces. You're looking for guys that are going to be available most of the offseason. Right. I think from one spot, yes. But the other spot is, I'd say probably, if I was putting mine on a scale, I'd say probably a five. Like, you know, it's bubbling a little bit because I still don't think we have an answer with the small forward spot. But there's been rumors to address that. Yeah. They've been floating around. We've been mentioned in Kyle Kuzma talks. We've mentioned in Kelly Oubre talks. Do you want Kyle Kuzma to be... Your three, though. He can play the three. I do not want him to be my starting three, though. He can definitely play the three. He I, played the three when he was in Los Angeles. I personally would probably try to go somewhere else. I, I This is probably a long shot, but I know he. we just talked about it. I mean, Harrison Barnes, that's another one. He's going to—and possibly the same thing for Kuzma. Those guys are going to be wanting a ton of money. Uh Kelly Oubre is a name that really sticks out to me. I think he's a pretty we good fit. We talked about Oubre. Yeah. Um, another name that's bouncing around right now, which I don't know how I necessarily feel, although he is on the last year of his contract, uh, Tobias Harris. We're like really heavily. That would be kind of interesting. Yeah. They, they've definitely been rumored heavily as of the last couple days to be in serious Tobias Harris contention. All the Jimmy Butler and Tobias Harris. like Yeah, to me, like they kept Tobias those, over me. Yeah. Stuff. yeah. So, I don't know. I, I Tobias think, is still good, though. He didn't deserve the contract he got. No, I agree. But um, I don't know. I feel like it's – I just – I don't know if if that's really – if it's either just Cavs Twitters making their own rumbles. No, no, that's like national news. It is? Okay. Mm -hmm. Like Cavs – not that they're going to get him, but that they're definitely in contention to be one of the teams. Okay. Um, So the cap scenario – as I'm trying to pull it up on the fly, don't judge me. So they have, well, obviously their cap space is going to be a little weird. But um, so far, I guess, mm, no, I guess 
that that number's completely wrong. Either way, you're going to have to look this one up because I am not good with numbers. Um, they don't have too much cap space. I will say that because obviously you're pairing you're you're paying Darius Garland, Donovan Mitchell, and Jared Allen, and that's most of your cap right there. Um, you're lucky to have. Evan Mobley's still on his rookie deal there, so you're only paying him about nine mil. Um, but you're paying Darius Garland thirty four, then Donovan Mitchell thirty two, Jared Allen twenty, um, and that's just with base salary um, because Donovan Mitchell gets bumped up to thirty three then for the cap figure. So it, it's going to be sketchy trying to figure out the small forward position in the sense of like how are we going to be able to fill this one out. Because I'll go into my next point then, like, what is your most important? We're we got to talk about like what the most important needs are moving forward, and I think the biggest one right now, from my perspective, is we we still got to figure as you you probably could tell already, like this small forward position has not been solved yet, and it's a huge issue in my opinion. No, it's not solved at all. Um... I think that's why you're hearing a lot of these names kind of bounced around in the trade market, the three that we mentioned. Uh, I, I think the Cavs are pretty much done with Okoro <clears throat> in terms of him being a starter. Uh, you you can't keep doing that. You can't keep throwing him out there to be the starter. No. And I like Okoro. I think he's one of the best on-ball defenders in the league. And he's shown promise on offense at times, but most of the time it's not. And you're in a spot where you can't really afford to have that. I think so. Okay. I I think he's going to be a name that's mentioned heavily in trade talks because I think teams still see him as having a ton of potential. But Cavs need someone now. He's in his last year of his contract, I believe. Then be- I think that like, um, I don't know. He because he was drafted in twenty twenty, and. He, I, okay, I guess he does technically have a yeah. It, no, this is for last year. Um, I honestly, what I would try to do with Okoro is this: move him to the bench this year. Try to develop Amani Bates to be your bench small forward to come off there, be a scorer once Garland and um, Donovan Mitchell are out, and then. At that point, you just let a curl walk. And I get it, like, you know, you want to get some value out of him. We we talk about it in the sense of, like, how it is with baseball and, you know, Shane Bieber and all that. But, like, overall, like, I, I think you just you need to keep him around for at least one more year because you just don't have any depth that is at least proven. Because I think that, like, on the bench, he can be solid. No doubt about it. But it's more of, like, trying to push him into that starting role. You know, it's kind of like how we, for football, like, you push Donovan Peoples-Jones into that wide receiver two role. Well, he's not really a wide receiver two, but he's a good wide receiver three. So I think that, like, just knowing his role, you have to be able to understand that, like, he's at least going to be a valuable part, but not necessarily in the role that you were expecting him to be. If that makes sense. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't think you can let Okora walk. Uh, well, ne- I'm talking about like, like next year. Yeah, no, I know. I'm just saying, like, I think if you're going to move on from him, you have to trade him. Just because 
I don't like guys with high potential walk for nothing. No, I and, and I agree. And young guys with high potential because if you're not going to use him to like, he's there to be a starter. He's being paid like he should be at least a prominent bench role, like earning a lot of minutes. I agree. And if you're not going to use him that way, you got to get something back. But then what happens if you trade him away? You're going to be pretty invested then in Amani Bates. No, you can go. I'm saying role. no. You, you still have Jetty at the moment. I, I know. Like I'm, I'm not getting the biggest sick Jetty and fan tired either, of Jetty, dude. But like off the bench, he's usable. Which, I, by the way, cap space. I know we were talking about that earlier. Was trying to figure it out during this time. Uh, we're th- currently thirty million over the cap. Yeah, but but that's before the June deadlines, and they can clear up a ton of that. Like names that are taking up a lot of that space. Karis Levert, who's not guaranteed through this year, he's got twenty eight million. Dylan Windler's twelve million. He's got to be gone. Danny Green's another three eight. Ed Davis, Raul Nito, Robin Lopez, Rajon Rondo, uh, Diakite, Isaiah Mobley, Brandon Goodwin. Those are all like near the two million range as well. Yeah, I mean, you're probably... Okay, then the question then becomes, like, Karis Levert, would you're letting him go, right? Oh, yeah. Let him walk? Okay. I, I don't want anything to do with I think Karis. We're, we, we talked about that one in the, the Cavs offseason episode. I agree. I don't think you're really bringing back any of these dudes, especially Windler. Like, oh, no, Windler's got to be long gone. Yeah, like, that was he, a failed experiment. He's under the restricted bird in uh, his cap figure, 12 mil. Yeah. Yeah, no, sorry. You're gone. Um... In this qualifying offers six mil, um, I don't know. I, I I think that it's going to be interesting to see how we go. I I mean, I don't know. The it it'll be it'll be interesting to see that how Okoro will play in his last year because that really determines then what's going to happen if he's here. If he's here. If he's here, he could be traded. Who knows? Um. Do you have any other needs for this team moving forward that we need to address? Mm, uh, if you're letting go of Karis LeVert, I'd like a scorer off the bench. Okay. Like, probably a guard. And I, I think another one for me would be the rotational pieces down low. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, you need another big. I was assuming that was already yeah, I was implied, gonna, kind yeah. of. But, yeah. but I think, so my my biggest need, obviously, small forward. And then kind of the two minor needs, which I because I agree, is we're going to need a score off the bench and then a rotational big. And we've yeah. talked about that one before, the rotational big one yeah, Like as I, well. We need a rotational big bad. And it, it, it doesn't even have to be a large figure either. No, no, it can literally be like, I just need somebody that can eat up like 20 minutes. Yeah, which like I 15, mean. 15, 20 minutes is fine. Because right now, if you're looking at it on the technically the roster, I mean, your bigs are Jared Allen. Evan Mobley, so you're, you got your starters, and then Dean Wade. Yeah, but Robin Lopez. Robin Lopez is like current. Isaiah Mobley, who's like six eight, six nine. Lopez has the two way bird. I mean, the non bird. Yeah, he's no, he's gone. But uh, I'm just saying, like technically, right? Ed Davis, non bird. Um, other guys. Uh, I don't. I don't even know the one guy. Uh, Mamadi Diakite. Yeah, Diakite, two way. Isaiah Mobley two-way. I think um, Mobley will make the roster. But. I think so, too. Probably, you know, as a two-way again, but, you know. No, I think he probably makes it full-time, honestly. Uh, I, I, 
It depends, I guess. He played so, well. I don't. I don't know how what kind of role he really has, but I think he makes a roster. And especially too, it helps that his brother's on the team too. Absolutely. But yeah. So either way, um, that kind of wraps up then the Cavs off season and almost the episode, almost because 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 now that I'm officially 21, we might as well. And this is the perfect time since the episode is not going up until later. Since obviously we, there was, Jake has a lot of stuff yesterday and like it was just kind of weird because we didn't know what to really talk about then since the draft was kind of in a yeah, weird hadn't spot. Hadn't happened yet. And right. So, we 49 and exactly. hard to predict a pick like that. So what we're going to do, I don't know just yet how we're going to address it moving forward, but we got a little Friday, Friday parlay. That's what we're calling it for now. Um, this is for tonight. These it's picks. for tonight. It'll for be tonight. up on our social medias as well, obviously, in this yes. episode. And yeah. this episode's going to be like out and as fast as possible. Yeah, we're so going to get it. it. And be ready to roll. And especially, too, again, we'll, I'll do a really quick plug before we get into this one. Um, Twitter, MBTT Pod, correct? Yep. And then on Instagram, Mistake by the Take. Um, the, the thing is, like, we put out something last night, yesterday, not last night, but. Like, we, we basically said, like, hey, like, schedule update. We're not going to post it at a regular scheduled time at 5 a.m. But, you know, just follow us on social media to, and we'll let you know when the episode gets posted. Um, so definitely follow those because also, too, moving forward, we do have a little bit of complications still with it. I know we've talked about it. Um, we, we still got to figure out, like, issues about me posting about gambling and stuff like that. And there, there's a couple of hoops that we got to jump through first that we're almost through, but we're not going to keep, we're not going to start posting them. We, we have a couple of things brewing, but for now, at least we could start to talk about it and, you know, make picks and stuff. So the first things first on the Friday parlay, kind of the rules that we have set up for it going forward. Um, you can make up to two picks for this parlay, um, but you at least have to make one. It could be a player prop. It could be, I mean, it, whatever you really want. But it has to be at least something. And it could be two things. So, pretty simple. And um, yeah, this is going to be like every weekend there will be probably one out yeah. moving forward. And then you well, know, probably more to come in the future during right. the week, stuff like that. And we're going to try to utilize um, social media in the future where, you know, maybe we don't have an episode airing on the weekends but we want to at least give you a parlay to you know you could that you could tail potentially so yeah or just probably watch us fail and laugh yeah our faces. you know whatever just, you want to do with it yeah honestly it's it's you know whatever you guys want to do it's for the for the fans so either way we'll get into our picks um today was kind of jake and i were talking about it there were no good lines out dude the, all the lines were either like over minus 200 which we all know like uh, I think that's going to have like, to be a rule too, where we have to go under minus two hundred. In my opinion, I, I don't think so. I don't know. I no, just I, I feel like you know, even if our parlay comes out to minus one twenty, you know, if it hits, it hits. We're just looking to make money on here. Yeah, but we're looking like straight bitches with our picks. That's the problem. If it's because, a lock, it's a lock. I'm not saying I'm going to make well, us a parlay that's going to go. Some of them are going to be. I'm locks, not going to go. Though. You know, pick minus four hundred. Stephen Kwan to have a hit yesterday, but like. 
you know. that kid from the Miami, um, from uh, the Marlins. That's, oh, uh, Luis Rise. Yeah. yeah, that's hitting <laughs> four hundred. Yeah, yeah. No, like I get it. Okay, like not all of them. I'm not going to go pick like two minus four hundred legs, but also like. You know, if something's a lock and I want to go and put two legs and one of them is minus 250, I'm going to go put my minus 250. Okay. Whatever, man. You can do you. But I only have one pick today. That's what I was basically getting to since the lines were kind of dog water. Um, I'm taking Giants money line. Uh, the problem is right now, like, I mean, they're they're doing they're doing pretty well. They're, they're, I think they're on a nine-game win streak. Yeah, they're they're they have their you know. So if that's it, what we're if we're calling if we're going they pretty just well fell off their nine-game win streak. Yeah, that's what that's yeah. But if I, we're I calling saw a nine-game win streak. Yeah, uh, you know nine and one. Okay. Yeah, I'm okay being they, the Giants. They're picking it up basically, and the thing is though, like the Diamondbacks, you know, they were my team there for a second because they they did win me a parlay. But the problem is like when I'm looking at it, Giants are home. And I mean Zach Davies, yeah, I dude's been kind of horrendous this year. Uh, he has not been great, that's for sure. Um, I mean, granted, it is thirty-one innings that he's pitched so far, so I, I want to give him the benefit of the doubt. But he is one in three in seven uh, eleven ERA. So I'm kind of thinking, and and like the other thing too, Logan Webb hasn't been that hot either. He's six and six, three point one one ERA, which isn't terrible. And also 1.11 uh, whip. So, like, it's not bad, but I just feel like with the Diamondbacks right now, they are coming off a kind of hot skid, too, because they only was it a makeup game with Washington? Because it was kind of random where they just won game. Yeah, it probably was then. So, yeah, so they're, they have a two game win streak going into this one, and they are still on the road. Because the last four were away. They had a three-game set with Milwaukee and the one random game at Washington. But um, I, I will say for the Diamondbacks, the away thing doesn't really bother me. They're like 23-12 and 12 on the road. Right. But I'm just saying like... But I, I get that. I've, yeah. Yeah. General. I think that the Giants bat, because they got their asses handed to them 10 nothing against the Padres yesterday... So like we love teams coming off big losses. Yeah, you really. It's do. that's exactly where we were going with it because that's why we picked the Diamondbacks um, on the nineteenth because they on my birthday, the Guardians kicked their fucking asses. So yeah, uh, a good thing to your your point too. That game where the Guardians kicked the asses, Zach Davies on the mound. Right, you're, you're forcing Davies to have a really good comeback start because in his last two. Uh, he hasn't been able to get into the fourth inning and has given up six total runs, four earned against Philly in a 15-3 loss, and nine total runs, eight earned against Cleveland in a 12-3 loss. Yep, and currently right now it is sitting at minus 178 um, because it just, it's just it been shifting all morning because— It was still lower than what we initially— or I mean, initially it was at 190. It. I liked it as well. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I liked it at 190. There was another team that I was looking at, but then you I was thought you were just going to take the Giants, and you found another one. You found your team, which was— Moneyline on the Texas Rangers. Well, Rangers, uh, I don't know, a team I'm a little hesitant on right now. They're 5-5 five and five in their last 10, but I'll tell you what I'm not hesitant on. And that's Dane Dunning. This man is eating 278 ERA on a team who's been struggling to have pitchers. I, the team just rakes. Like, they're doing things that hitting wise haven't been done since, like, the 1910 Yankees. Like, they're absolutely insane. 
So when you get a good pitcher in front of them, I love their chances. They're going up against the Yankees in Yankee Stadium. So you are getting the Yankees at home, but also in a park that allows for you know teams to kind of mash the ball. And, you know, it's literally Clark Schmidt on the mound. So, and Schmidt's been decent, 4.65 ERA. Like, it's not definitely not good. And he's 2 and 6 on the year. And, like, I don't put a lot of stock into win losses, but he's, they've lost the last five games he's pitched. Yeah. And he hasn't even been that bad in all those, like, but they just lose him. And, you know, we do this with Shane Bieber in Cleveland. Like, it just feels like he gets no run support. And that's Clark Schmidt right now. Right. Not to mention his ERA is nearly a five. So that does kind of play in a factor with that one, too. And uh, the Rangers currently sitting right around minus 115, and that line has been steadily dropping. That that line has been all over the place today, too. It, it literally um, it opened yesterday, I think. It, like you said, Yankees minus 140. I first saw it at Yankees minus 115, and then it went to even 110s, and now the Rangers are favored at minus 115. So currently I am betting I have, like, free $200 on uh, – Bet three six five. Not sponsored. Not sponsored at all. Um, but that right now has a value of plus one ninety three. Uh, I threw one unit on it. I don't know. You threw one unit as well too, or uh, half a unit. Two. You threw two. Oh, units. No, 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 no. I threw one on that. You yeah. threw one. Okay, you threw two units on. Uh, I, I put two on the Rangers money line myself. Yeah. So he's doubling down on it. I am not doubling down. Um, because just because it's at minus no, no, one seventy five, so like it's just kind of all over the place. I yeah. just really like the Rangers. Like, yeah, no, that's I'm fair. not saying to you know hammer them. I'm just especially too. I mean, you get good value with that one. Yeah. Um, but no. So the parlay, the first ever parlay on air, is Giants money line and Rangers money line today. That's and, right, baby. We're betting Friday June baseball. Oh boy. Only money lines. Oh boy. What could go wrong? Everything. Literally everything. Could, anything. And we'll everything. probably get reverse parlayed yeah, knowing probably. us, but. Either way, um, again, plus 193 odds. Um, but yeah, that'll be that. Uh, any last remarks? Uh, kind of a longer one, but I expected it since, uh, you know, we, we had a, I mean, we spent like 15 minutes talking about Vegas, which rightfully yeah. so. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, no, nothing more. I'll just hit you with the generals. Uh, make sure to hit a follow on the podcast. Make sure to hit that bell so you get a... Uh, Notifications every time we post a new episode for episodes like this that don't come out at normal times. You'll be able to listen to them as soon as possible. And follow us on all social medias at MBTTPod on Twitter, at Mistake by the Take on Instagram, or our personals. I'm at Volnick2 on Twitter and at Jake Volnick on Instagram. And Dylan? D.Y. Felt on all of my socials. But last things last. I was, I was going to get like, you know, like weekend plans or anything like that. That's what I was trying to get to. Hmm. Uh, no, I'm working the next two days, so just trying to bring in a little bit of money. Probably, uh, try to kick the guards game on my ears at some point at work. That'll probably be the, my highlight, so. So Jake is lame. Um, I'm watching a dog, man. I'm trying to get a little bit of money so I can give you guys good parlays and put a little bit of money on them. I mean, technically we don't, technically we don't have to put money on him if we really wanted to. Oh, but what kind of BS? Yeah, is that's that? that's it's all. Bo- I'm going to tell you. I'm to not bet saying, it and not going to bet it myself. Right. That's why I'm saying, like, listen, like if we're going to bet, we got to put it. If we're going to give you some. It, like if we're putting out our stuff, we have to put you know to use a our cliche, money on it. We got to put our money where our mouth. Yeah, that's. Is. I was trying to think of that, but it wasn't clicking. Um, this weekend for me. Uh, I would like everyone to say a prayer for me because I am playing in my first ever golf outing. Um, By yourself or in a scramble? 
Scramble, obviously. Okay, okay. <laughs> obviously. Whoa, man. Yeah, uh, I was like, dang, you're, you're going crazy. So I am a Hoban alumni, uh, proud proud graduate of Archbishop Hoban. <clears throat> um, ouch. Uh, okay, Yeah, okay, mentor boy. Um, I, so anyways. Enjoy I, D2 down there. He, well, they got bumped up to D1 for baseball at least. At least. We're baseball yeah, at least. We're, we're, we're a football school and dominate D2. Anywho... I am playing in the Hoban golf outing, the alumni golf outing. Um, Dude, you're going to be up with like a bunch of like 40 through 60 year olds. You know, well, that, right? here's the, here, well, okay, here's the kicker with it all, right? So I'm playing in it, and the good news is I'm going to be the worst on my team because and you love that in a scramble. Because here's no the pressure. thing right now, my team is looking like a former Division II golfer. Beautiful. A current Division Three golfer, double beautiful, at John Carroll as well too. Mm, shout um, out. And then <laughs> it's the uncle of the former Division Two golfer. That's fine. Which is my neighbor. I mean, he doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, so if he if he goes and shoots, you know, backwards, it'll be fine. Right. So the only thing is, I will have to say, like we are, you have to at least play my ball at some point too. Like it has to be a rotation kind of thing. So at some point, every fourth shot has to be at least mine. Okay, the, so you, you have to box. play. You have to play decent, but not. I have to play decent, not incredible. Basically, what I'm saying is every every good drive that I have, we're using, just so that we could just get it out of the way. Right. They'll they'll just go to you on like the par threes. Right. It's fine. <laughs> Ouch. But anyways, um, the bad news is, I or maybe the opposite. Maybe they go to you on the par fours, so then they have more room to make up your shot. Par three, maybe. I don't know. I'm usually Probably. good on par. I'm usually good at par threes. Okay, so yeah, like so I can, rock I can, you with the yeah. par three, right? But we'll, um, we'll see what that perspective. But the bad news is, my so my group, I'm the only Hoban alumni in it all. I'm kind of playing cheap Whoa, with it. I know. How is this? I know. This is some hot BS. But my redemption is that they're all public school kids, so they're gonna get. They, they all want their like little jab at the private school and stuff like that. You know, oh, Hoban alum outing, and you're not even golfing with Hoban alums. I know. I know. I it, it kind of shitty. Kind of shitty. But <laughs> the bad news is, well, in the other group too. This is what. This is the thing. I get an email from the guy that's like helping put this on. And I'm I'm I'll say the last name just because it is one of my best friends. Like he watches it, Colin Conway. If you're listening to this one, you better be listening to it. But his dad and my dad were best friends growing up. Okay. And so that's how like Colin, that's how Colin and I became good friends. And so I get an email from the guy telling me like what hole my group will be starting on 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 Saturday, since it's it's a shotgun play because there's right, right, a yeah. crap ton of people playing. So I get the email and it goes, you guys will be starting on hole six behind Conway. Sorry in advance because it is my dad's friend, my dad, who is not a Hoban alumni, and two of their friends. And it, if basically they always have a very fun time at this golf outing, to say the least. Now that's a shout out. And so basically... I might just show up and walk the course with your dad right, at this that's, point. If that's what's you happening. might as well. And so then my response to the guy, because the it turns out the guy actually is like good friends with the Colin's uncle then, and it was his dad's brother. Right. And so I email the guy back and I say, I would think the name Conway would be banished from anything Hoban related. 
And the guy responds with, attempts have been made, but rodents have a way of crawling their way back into places they shouldn't be. Jeez. Shots? Those are strays being shot out So I basically told my dad, I am going to be heckling him on every shot that I get. That's but, incredible. And I usually do play da- play bad when my dad is watching. That's the only that's other bad news. Well, the good news is he's the whole head of you, not behind you. That's so. what I'm saying. But he still he said no. I'm sure he'll still to, turn around. He'll and, still try know. to heckle me. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no doubt about but it. But rather him and you know I had the mind. Yeah. So that'll wrap it up. Um, again, Jake put in all the podcast you know plugs and all that, so we don't have to do that. Um, again, sorry that it was a little longer, just under two hours, but you know. That's what happens when, you know, the Vegas trip had to be discussed, obviously. But, yeah. Um, thanks again for everyone listening into us. Um, again, keep on the lookout. We got some stuff moving forward that we're pretty excited about. But, um, yeah, that'll do it. Uh, anything, one last one last thing really quick? Uh, I would just make sure that uh, everybody goes ahead and – Make sure to uh, heckle Dylan on social media and make sure he uh, feels the pressure from the golf outing. Dude, yeah, I'm actually kind of nervous about it, though, because I will be seeing a lot of my former teachers, and now that I'm 21, like, I can't play this one sober today. Like, I can't play it sober tomorrow. No, no, There's no doubt about it, so I'm going to be drinking in front of a bunch of my former teachers, which will be interesting, but hey, oh well. Well, you know what? All I would say is... uh, you know, don't screw it up. And maybe you wouldn't be so much pressure if you actually brought some hoping along with you. Ouch, you know. But I guess since you are going to take that shot at me, we're just going to we're gonna end it here. Man. Thanks again, everyone. Uh, tune in next time. Make sure to shoot well. Hey, hey.